0: Is a god of the game hello 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 some wise old fellow once said that all good things must come to an end well this season wasn't great for a lot of reasons but it did end last weekend atletico finally clinching la liga on the last day wait can you hear guys that's the sound of me eating my humble pie after calling them Motletico Madrid few weeks back. Lille clinched the French league title. Liverpool finished third. Bale helps Chelsea finish fourth. Lewandowski finally scored that goal. Legend saying goodbye to their clubs. And to top it all, Pep crying as if he just saw the Friends reunion teaser. Let's go! Absolutely. World class. Ooh. Finally, the league season is over. A perfect end to a not-so-perfect season and we have our final winners, losers, chokers, ladies and gentlemen. But before getting deep into it, please allow me the pleasure of inviting Ishan to the podcast. Hello. How are you guys? Just before we discuss quickly how everything unfolded, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 being totally devastated and 10 being extremely elated... Uh, how would you rate your feelings at the end of this
1: season? Well, uh, I would have been completely devastated if Real Madrid had lost the game. But we did what we had to do at the end. Typical Real Madrid style, scoring at the death and winning the game. So, meaning we, as I said in the previous podcast, we shouldn't have been where we were. We should not We were never in the place to fight for the league and we still did it. So, I end the season being happy. And pretty satisfied with how it ended. And congratulations to Atletico because they were clear clear, clear, outright deserved champions of the La Liga.
0: But you didn't answer me. 1 to 10. Give me a number.
1: Uh, what? 10 is devastated, right?
0: No. 1 is devastated. 10 I is extremely. Oh, 3. Okay. I thought I would be somewhere around 5-6. Okay. 3
1: because we are Real Madrid, man.
0: Oh. <laughs> for me, I mean, for, at an overall level, I would put myself somewhere around 7. Wow. Anyways, <laughs> no, I was a little happy for Liverpool, so...
1: A little? Hmm.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we started where we actually wanted to start, like Ishan gave a very good intro of the things that we are going to start with. Yes, obviously, La Liga because that's where the title race was till the end of the weekend, end of the match week. And yeah, Ishan has said, Atletico Madrid are the champions. They won the 11th title second under Simeone but as we know they didn't do it the easy way they came from behind to defeat Real Valladolid who themselves were winning uh they, they who themselves needed to win to avoid relegation and it was none other than Luis Suarez who scored the winning goal and uh, on the other side as Ishan was talking about Real were 1-0 down until the 87th minute but scored two goals to somehow win the game So, Ishan, if you can let us, let our listeners know more about what happened in the Real madrid Villarreal game. So, I saw
1: the Real Madrid game and we all knew that Villarreal is going to be a tough opponent. Uh, I was surprised with the squad uh, Emery lined up because he played his full-strength squad. Everyone was playing, Carlos Baca, everyone was playing. I was a bit surprised and I think probably Zidane was surprised as well because you could see that in his in the initial first half where Real Madrid, it was completely against the plan Real Madrid had uh, or the approach they had to the game. And Villarreal took it to them because they're a really good team. They're an attacking team. They they have a very good, solid midfield that, you know, constantly distributes the ball to the wings and to the forward line. And Madrid was a little taken aback and they got that well-deserved goal uh, early on. Uh, Benzema Benzema had a goal disallowed Uh, through offside, marginal again. I don't know, this season has been a little iffy with regards to VAR, but it was offside, uh, fair enough. But at that very juncture, I was tracking the Atletico game and Atletico were trailing. If that goal had been allowed, for example, the message would have been relayed to the Atletico squad. It would have added that extra amount of pressure for Atletico to go out and go all-out attack and try to score a goal which would have opened the gap for Valladolid. But the moment they noticed that Real Madrid were down in the first half, I think they had that faith that, you know, whatever the result, we'll still win it. And that helped them gain that confidence in the second half uh, to score those goals. Uh, Real Madrid in the second half, I think, you know, we made wholesale changes. We got all our attacking line in the game. We went all-out attack. Uh, but our style this season has been very restricted in terms of our attacking flow. And we didn't have too many chances. But when push comes to shove, ball goes to Benzema, he scores. Ball goes to Modric, he scores. Because those have always been our big name, big game players. But I think the result, we were being you know, hopeful that it might be a fairy tale or a surprise. But I think the result overall for the La Liga panned out as it was supposed to. You know, Atletico throughout the season have been dominant. They just had a really bad last two months where they, you know, gave Real Madrid and Barcelona a look-in. But it was never to be, you know, it would have been a real undeserved title for Real Madrid if we had won. So, like as I said, congratulations to Atletico. They finally, you know, spent the money in the right way and it's actually, you know, got them results. So, congratulations to Simeone as well.
0: So, talking about that first disallowed goal... So, I was watching the Atletico Valladolid game on the. I was watching that game actually. And I was uh, following the Real Madrid Villarreal game on uh, foot mob simultaneously on two screens. So, the moment Benzema scored that goal, uh, the commentator on this side announced that Benzema has scored, Real Madrid have leveled. Uh, so, as it stands, Real Madrid are the winners. Within two, within like a minute, uh, Angel Correa scored here uh, for uh, Atletico Madrid. And when Angel Correa was scoring that goal, that Real Madrid's goal was under VAR uh, review. Now, once when this goal was scored, the commentators were, oh, great goal, blah, 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 blah. And then they were like, oh, just to give you an update, Benzema's goal has been disallowed. So within a space of two minutes... It, from being 1-1 at Real Madrid, Villarreal and 1-0 to Atle- Valladolid, Atletico Madrid, it became 1-0 to Villarreal, Real Madrid and 1-1 here at Atletico, Valladolid. So, it was that dramatic, that two minutes actually. But then, the second goal, I mean, the first goal again was a brilliant goal by Correa. Yeah. It was a great uh, control, uh, He dribbled the ball through two, three defenders and quick finish. And the second goal was a bad mistake but suarez was there suarez was there to pounce on it and a brilliant finish great victory atletico were extremely poor in the first half at one level i mean like if they are playing like this in a day where they are supposed to win the league this team doesn't deserve to win the league but second half they came out as a completely different team uh, they were uh, always two steps uh, ahead of Valladolid. they were they were faster they were moving quicker. Uh, so and, and once when they scored that two goal, they went into the regular Atletico-Madrid mode. Like Valladolid yeah. hardly had any hand on their chances. I mean, Madrid were absolutely controlling. The yeah,
1: game. it also coincided with the time where all the other results went were going against Valladolid as well. Where they were, in a way, resigned to their fate. So, it all played out really well for Atletico in the end. But as Simeone said, Atletico is nothing without the struggle. And they had to bring you know create their own drama in the last game and yeah you you as you rightly said first half they were horrible like i've never seen atletico uh concede a goal where a f- forward line forward player has been through on goal yeah in the first half it was i'm I've, it was so easy coming. yeah exactly and it was it was very strange but meaning the result doesn't matter at the end of the day i mean it,
0: it was not that atletico weren't scoring goals they were very easy to play against. See, we have watched Atletico. We have watched Simeone's Atletico ever since he took over. You can beat Atletico on your day. You can probably draw the game. But guaranteed, the games won't be easy. They're a very nasty team. They're a very intimidating team. They were very passive in the first half. I'm pretty sure you have given everyone a good baboon dance during the half-time talk. Yeah. Which much needed bamboo. So, they came out.
1: Also, a big congratulation to Kiran Trippier who made the correct career
0: move. (laughs) I I was guessing when that dig is going to come. (laughs) Oh, man. Alright, the league as we know ended with Atletico Madrid as champions, Real Madrid second, Barcelona third, Sevilla fourth, nothing much changed there and we don't want to talk much about it also. In uh, the Europa League positions, there is is fifth Real Sociedad 6th, Real Betis. Actually, Real Betis were 2-0 down against Celta Diego. They came back and won 3-2. So, that was also one of the most interesting games during the last game match week. Uh, so, these are the top six teams. Villa Real are currently on 7th. If they win the Europa League, they will play the Champions League. Otherwise, they will play the Europa Conference League. And the three relegated teams are Eibar, Valladolid and Huesca. So that's all from La Liga. So it was a great season, good end. Hopefully, we'll see fans from next season onwards. Now, moving on to the second league where the title race went on to the end. It's the Farmers League, League 1. And it was between Lille and PSG, obviously. But in the end, Lille held their nerve, won the game 2-1 against uh, a pretty decent uh, An- Anges I don't know how do you pronounce it Let's pronounce it Anges <laughs> They won 2-1 And uh, PSG won their game In hand And But it didn't matter lil are the champions uh, With 83 points And they have won their first league In what 10 years 11 years I believe So congratulations yeah. to them that was a good win. I think the last time win. they
1: won it, Hazard used to play for them. Yes, yes. I think I think you're right. Yes, Hazard used to play for them.
0: True. Yeah. True. So I'm
1: pretty what,
0: sure Hazard winning,
1: must have. It's such a uh, you know pleasant surprise to see a different team winning a uh, one club dominated league. PSG have literally have no right in losing a domestic league with the squad they have. And I mean, I think that I saw one tweet where the value of Mbappe and Neymar is more than the entire Lille squad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that clearly shows the disparity in, you know, the wealth of clubs. And I think PSG just got it all wrong. I think they started the season with a sole focus of winning the Champions League because they just missed out last year in the, in the final. So I think they thought that this would be their year. And they completely, in the initial stages, a couple of months, completely didn't focus on the domestic league. And by the time Pochettino came in, they just had a lot of points to cover up. Meaning they still blew a lot of games where they lost under Pochettino as well. Uh, but uh, Lille were consistent. You know, they won the big games. They played well against PSG as well. And, you know, very well-deserved league title for them. It went down to the last day, but, you know, these are what, you know, stories are made of where smaller teams, you know, another slight dig to the European Super League, right? <laughs> true. Uh, where the small teams are given the opportunity to win big, big titles and, you know, it should, they'll be in the Champions League next year.
0: So, uh, the so-called uh, ultra-competitive English Premier League, we'll cover English Premier League in detail, but I just wanted to take a dig at it. That English Premier League had Manchester City winning their third title in four years. Whereas the Farmers League had a title winner uh, after 11 years, a new title winner after 11 years. La Liga had a new title winner after 7 years. Serie A had a new title winner after 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, just just wanted to not miss this opportunity to take a dig at
1: E3. I like how you uh, ignored the Bundesliga. <laughs> uh, we
0: will we'll come there next season. Hopefully, Bayern lose next season. Yeah. Uh, just quickly talking about uh, the, Going back to the French league Yeah, as everything As Ishan pointed out, I agree uh, But PSG did win a cup During the week They won uh, the Coupe de France uh, Which is the FA Cup equivalent of uh, France yeah. So they defeated Monaco in the finals Pretty easy game They won it Pochettino adds one more trophy to his cabinet Now he has won two trophies Ever since he joined PSG uh, which is two more than what he won in Tottenham.
1: Wow. What a trophy <laughs> laden career. <karaya.
0: laughs> so, so that's about it. That's all about uh, League One. Again, a very good season. They had a lot of troubles. Their previous season ended abruptly. They didn't finish the season, if you guys remember. They started off uh, pretty late. There were a lot of controversies initially. Their multi-billion-dollar TV deal bombed Uh, So, all the clubs went into a lot of financial stress. So, it was good to see a new team, uh, a team that is uh, very uh, true to its roots winning the league title. So, congratulations to Lille. Uh, Hope to see you guys. Good to, it will be good to see you guys in Champions League next year. Alright. Now, let's talk about the league that had very interesting top 4 race and a league where actually two match Two match days happened in the last seven days actually. So, it was match week 37 and match week 38 both happened in the last seven days. A lot of fortune changed across these two games. Uh, Actually, we're talking about English Premier League guys, I mean, if if that wasn't very clear earlier. (laughs) So, uh, as expected, Manchester City uh, rounded off the two games pretty easily. They won the league.
1: It was a great testimonial game for Aguero because Everton played like it was a testimonial game. (laughs)
0: Oh God. Oh yeah, that was the oh, that was the best line I've ever heard, actually, about Everton's performance. They were, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't want to spend too much time talking about Everton. I mean they showed a lot of promise initially.
1: It, the match was defined by Aguero's first goal, where three defenders just said, Okay, you can dodge us, beat us, and just prod the ball in. Pickford dove after the ball had passed him. It felt like one of those, you know proper, you know, 70-year-old legend of Manchester City coming back to play his one last game. And that's how Everton treated it.
0: Yeah, it was very very passive from them. Uh, anyways, we'll do a, a detailed uh, rundown on the teams, teams that we loved, teams that we were disappointed. I'm pretty sure Everton will be there in that list. Yeah. So, we'll cover that in detail. But yeah, going back to the the three teams who are fighting for the top four positions, that is Liverpool, Leicester and Chelsea, they all played two games. Liverpool played Burnley in Match Week 37, which they won 3-0. And uh, on the final day, they defeated Crystal Palace 2-0. And they made sure that they did whatever they had to do to get into the top four. Congratulations to them. Uh, The way the the season unfolded for them towards uh, towards Game Week 27, Game Week 28, they were, I think, in seventh position, seven, eight points behind top four. Uh, pretty much everyone gave up on them, like including Liverpool fans like me. I am pretty sure Klopp once came to a conference, a press conference, and uh, spoke highly about Europa League that we will take Europa League seriously and all. So from from that position to finishing third was, I think, a bit of a surprise. I would say. But yeah I agree to the uh, to the arguments that hey you are a big club is third in the league table without a trophy is, is that a, is that to be happy about yeah may not be but again coming back to the context of where liverpool were and where they are right now
1: it is i think two things two things played into that uh, storyline for liverpool you know by the final result against crystal palace i think all the drama that we had expected i think liverpool had it the most easy and two things contributed to that, as you said in match 26-27, Liverpool were out like they, we, you know. I remember a podcast we did. We 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 literally never put them yeah. in the top four. Yeah. So one of the two things was Liverpool didn't bottle it, and I think we were discussing this in uh, you know in a WhatsApp conversation where you know Klopp has changed that mentality where they get the job done when it matters. It's not about pro- you know producing sensational performances, although yeah, A. K. Allison. <laughs> uh, a game or two ago. Uh, but they got the job done. But the other major contributor was all the other teams in the top four really, really bottled it. Like, oh my God, I I still <laughs> do not understand how Chelsea still made it into the top four with the way they've played in the last month. It is, meaning it's ridiculous. And I, you shared this image with me about how Leicester were in the top four for about 240 Like almost the entirety of the season and they were the ones who missed out. It was heartbreaking, but they bottled it as well, right? You have to be fair. You know, the Tottenham game, I think was the toughest game they had. I'm not surprised by the result, but there were other games that Leicester should have put away. The situation shouldn't have happened and it did. So... Meaning those two storylines Played a very important role In Liverpool being third And contrary to what you think I think Klopp will be Extremely happy With the third place Considering the major injuries And the way they were playing. Yeah, yeah
0: He was elated dude His post-match conference Oh my god He was almost Full emotional I mean not as emotional As Pep was But uh, he was emotional And you could You could see the happiness In his face Like you could see the satisfaction If
1: anyone has to cry You should cry like Pep Guardiola (laughs) I mean um, wow.
0: Yeah. Even I got um, emotional and I don't
1: I'm not a city fan.
0: Yeah. I, I see, I mean, he has he has been he's he tried to be emotional earlier, but I don't know. I am not that cynical to go out and say like nay Crocodile TSA types. Whatever it is, he had a special place for Aguero in his heart and that came out that day. And I to the fact that this entire season was pretty emotional for many players. I mean there were tough times, people were going through a lot. So to end this season in that note in front of fans finally yeah there are too many things happening I can understand yeah someone like someone like Pep Guardiola who puts so much in his head who puts himself into so much pressure
1: I think it was just a release a release from him where you know a lot of pent up stress that he takes on his own self it just came out and obviously it's meaning it's. Fully understandable to do it for Aguero as to what a player he's been for Manchester City, even before Pep joined City, right? He has been one of the greatest ever players in that club. And I mean, I understand the emotion, but it was still a little like crazy to watch Pep weep like that. You know, a guy who's been so successful in in his career, who's won everything that there is to win. And still be, being like that, it you know it shows what football means to people, and like for people like us, it adds validity to why we do <laughs> yeah, these podcasts. Exactly. Also, we like people crying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to bring in another example. I mean, there's not a football example, but just talking about like like when 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 some outsiders go and say, "Hey, what is this? He has won his tenth title. Why is he being so emotional? He's being so emotional as if he's doing it for the first time." Like. I, I I I always want to give this example to anyone who kind of comes and says that someone who has achieved enough his 100th achievement won't be as meaningful as the first. Watch out for Roger Federer. Every time he wins a, a, a Grand Slam, even the latest one is 19th one his 18th one, he will just fall down on the floor. He'll cry. I mean, it is so true. It is so. It is very honest to see that level of passion at that, that level of sport. I mean, that's why you. That's why you. Respect more than what they produce on the field for these players. So, yeah, just wanted to.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like a lot of people suddenly forget that there are 38 games in a league for you to win consistently to be a champion. A lot goes into each and every season. So, winning it, even if it's a, like, is how City, for example, dominated, clearly the best team, it's still difficult to win a league especially the Premier League where, you know, all the teams are well-funded. It's not, you know, there's no such disparity in place. So I completely understand. And I think that's a great example you gave about Federer because, you know, what goes into winning a Grand Slam, people tend to forget. They just remember the result. So I think, you know, that's, it's fully commendable to Pep Guardiola. What a great manager, definitely, without a doubt, one of the best managers of our generation. So yeah, next season will be interesting. City can do it again.
0: Uh, Manchester United finished second. There was uh, no major… Never any doubt. (laughs) There was never any doubt there. As expected, played a third string team. Their uh, academy product, Elanga, scored their first goal. So, congratulations to him.
1: What a great header, by the way. What a great header.
0: A great ball, a great header. It was a wonderful goal. Pretty uh, proud moment for that young kid. Congratulations to him. And uh, second goal was scored by Ivan Mata. Again, what a story. What a player. What a man. I mean, he's probably the most liked footballer, I believe. Uh, at least from our generations, I would say. I was very emotional to see him celebrate. Uh, he, well, he dedicated that goal to his mother. Uh, so, Manchester United will will again, will cover Manchester Did he the penalty with the walking stick?
1: <laughs> no, man. He's... Because I think he's like the Shahid Afridi of football. I feel he's been playing since I was born.
0: Him? Yeah, he's been with what? I, I remember him. First time I remember him, uh, hearing about him from, I think, he played for Valencia, right?
1: Yes. He was Madrid Academy. Then he went to Valencia. He played when Valencia had David Silva, you know, David Villa. A great team, Valencia team. Then he moved to, uh, moved to Chelsea under Mourinho and then United.
0: Okay, uh, so Leicester finished, sorry, Liverpool finished third, we discussed about them, Chelsea uh, somehow managed to finish fourth, helped by Tottenham who defeated Leicester on the last day, 4-2, I mean Leicester were 2-1 up till the 76th minute, Uh, we have talked enough about them choking it up, they lost the game, 4-2, Leicester finished fifth, West Ham finished sixth, again a brilliant season for them, we'll again cover much more detail about West Ham in our uh, next episode. Yes, guys, we are... Just to just to give you guys a quick announcement, uh, we are doing a season review next week. Uh, I'll give you more details about it towards the end, but just giving a snippet of it. So, we'll do a much detailed review of what happened with other teams. Tottenham are... Uh, Tottenham are qualified for the newly... the new Europa Conference League. And uh, yeah. there was no changes in the relegation... Three. It was Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. And as you guys know, Watford and Norwich have qualified for the next year's Premier League. And uh, the final playoff, championship playoff between Brentford and Swansea will be played this Saturday. Uh, I think it was before the Champions League game. I don't think we can see that in India. So the winner of that game will be promoted to the Premier League next season. So they'll be the 20th team. So uh, excited to see who will be uh, between Brentford and Swansea, who will win that game and get to EPL next season. All right. So that's about Premier League. And moving on to the next league, which is Serie the Italian League, where, again, the top four race had more drama than the top two, which was already decided, which is Inter and uh, Atlanta. Actually, Atlanta was not guaranteed top two, but they were guaranteed finish in top four. Yeah, it was between AC Milan, Juventus and Napoli. Milan played their last game against Atlanta. UV played their last game against Bologna. Napoli played their last games against Verona. Now, just to remind you guys that... ...if Napoli and Milan win their respective games... ...it doesn't matter whatever happens against Juve and Bologna. UV will be out of the Champions League places. But, as we expected, the team that bottled it... ...was none other than Napoli... ...who... Drew their game against Hellas Verona, who had nothing to play. Now, again, going back to the conversation we had about teams. Hellas
1: Verona had a hell of a game. Hell of a,
0: hell of a Verona. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, yeah, coming back to the point of uh, teams that don't have anything to play for, uh, guys when you watch these teams react to the goals they score, you can understand how much it means for those players to screw up other teams' chances. So, next time when someone says that, yeah, we are playing against a team who has nothing to lose, it is not an easy game. Because those teams will take a lot out of screwing up chances for other teams. Yeah. As as a Liverpool fan, I have faced it a lot, trust me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, yeah, going back to Milan-Atlanta, Atlanta were little tired from their Coppa Italia loss against Juventus. So that was seen in the game and Milan had a pretty brilliant game. They again did what they were supposed to do. They were very solid. Even though they scored two penalties, but they were able to convert those two penalties because they had problems with converting penalties over a period of time. But they scored those two important penalties. They won the game 2-0. So they qualified. Juventus... They finished second. They finished second, by the way. And, And deservedly so. Because if you guys remember, they were on top of the league for at least, what, 17-18 game-weeks easily? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, they didn't have a great mid-season. They had a lot of injuries, uh, very key injuries actually. Two of their best midfielders, KC and uh, Beneser, they both missed a lot lot of the season. And even Zlatan missed a major chunk of the season. But they were able to cross the line. And qualify for Champions League after seven years, Ishan, or eight years?
1: Yeah, seven years, seven, seven years eight, at least. Years. Six or seven at least. Yeah. But so so happy to see them back in the Champions League. Man. Yeah.
0: For for relatively younger listeners, AC Milan have won the Champions League seven times, guys. Seven times. So they are a fucking giant. So it's great to see them back in Champions League. So they qualified. As I said, Juventus made no mistake, a brilliant final game, 4-1. They absolutely dominated Bologna. They benched Ronaldo for this game. Uh, Perlo for all the criticism he has been receiving across the season, literally saved his job, or I would say saved Real Madrid's fortune in indirectly uh, by <laughs> making sure that you may stick with Pirlo. By winning three crucial games, three absolutely crucial games, we discussed the 3-2 win over Inter last episode. They went and won the Copa Italia in the midweek against Atlanta 2-1. We'll discuss that game a little bit in detail later. And then they won the final game against Bologna 4-1. So full credit to Pierlo. Again, I'm not trying to give him 5-star for the entire season, yeah, his entire season they suck balls. but you will have to give credit to the last three games which is the most crucial uh, part of this season for both for Juventus for uh, Pierlo, and even as I said indirectly for Real Madrid and other clubs also because that could have actually started a big merry-go-round of coaches across Europe.
1: Yeah. But we still don't know. We still don't know for sure if Paulo is going to stick around. But he at least showed some of his credentials and you know that he can probably do it if he given another chance uh, with Juventus. And as you, as you said, like it was interesting to see Ronaldo being benched for one of the most important games in Juventus for Juventus this season. Was that a statement by Perlo? I don't know. Uh, but it worked out. If it hadn't, I mean, I don't I think that would have been the end of his managerial career immediately. Uh, But uh, Ronaldo put out a cryptic Instagram post post that game, you know, showing all of his credentials like he does every at the end of every season. Which was very interesting to see. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be there for Juventus next season. Uh, I don't know where he will go. But at least he has a Champions League as a motivation.
0: Yeah, so that's very important for mean Even after all that uh, European Super League and all that shit happened... Him, them not getting qualified for Champions League will be the final nail in Andre Anelis' coffin.
1: Actually, I saved the chairman's job as well, probably. And uh, just
0: to update you guys, uh, there is still a threat looming around Uwe, Barcelona and Real Madrid in terms of them missing out on the next two or three Champions League again. There is absolutely no news on that yet and just there is just speculations going around. Yeah. And also, Serie a, uh, announced an official, uh, made an official announcement uh, stating that any club who are still associated with any league outside the approved leagues will face suspension from Serie A. So, this was something that was released, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but again, it's still not been very serious. Politics works a little different in Italy. So, we'll get to know more about it in the coming weeks. Yeah. Serie a season ended with Inter winning the league after 10 years with 91 points. Milan finished second Atlanta third Ua fourth So these four qualify for Champions League next season In the fifth place we have Napoli Whose coach Gennaro Gattuso Will be leaving Napoli this summer So they are in a rut They'll probably have to find a new coach Again it was It was news as usual uh, For Napoli screwing it up in the end Something that we have seen I mean I'm, We are not here to piss off Napoli fans Sorry guys We empathize with you, please don't think we are taking a mickey out of you. But we are just stating a fact that this has happened for a very long time. So, there is something that needs to change. Sixth position Lazio, so Napoli and Lazio will play Europa League. Guess who ended in the seventh position?
1: Roma. Yeah. (laughs) Unbelievable. What a fall from grace.
0: (laughs) Mourinho will be playing the Conference League.
1: He'll win it. He has to be the first to do something. He'll win it.
0: And guess who's from England playing the conference league? Tottenham.
1: <laughs> ah, how the stories align.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. At least, at least for this, I'll watch conference league. At least for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to watch Roma because it has Smalling and Mkhitaryan. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'll I'll just watch <laughs> the pre match and post match conferences. <laughs> yes. We'll move on to the league where nothing mattered but one man scoring one goal. So the entire match day was all about one player scoring that one important goal which he did eventually in the 90th minute and that is none other than our own Robin Lewandowski who finally scored that 41st goal beating a 45 or 46 year old uh, Record held by the great, great Gerd Müller scoring 41 goals in a single season in Bundesliga. We have talked a lot about Lewandowski. We will definitely dedicate a small section to Lewandowski in our next week season review. He deserves that. Just to round off the results, Bayern won their game against Augsburg 5-2. Dortmund finished off their season again. Dortmund, similar to Liverpool, where in Rutt seven or eight game weeks before, but again, they put on a brilliant run. They won all their games. They even won their uh, DFV Pokal Cup and finished third in the in the table. Leipzig finished second. We all know Nagelsmann is out. He is joining Bayern. And uh, Jesse Marsh, who's the current uh, Salzburg coach, he'll be joining Leipzig as the head coach. He's from America. is probably the first or second American to coach in, in Germany. Dortmund we all know Terzic is leaving he'll be replaced by Marco Rosa Wolfsburg finished fourth uh they weren't in top 4 for i think the last 3 4 seasons i think ever since De Bruyne left yep. so good to see Wolfsburg back in top
1: No no they were there after that as well i remember the famous Ronaldo hattrick against Wolfsburg uh in the huh? Champions so, League when so That
0: was the season so so they qualified that season because of their uh because of De Bruyne the season before that so yeah. so De yeah. in 2014's 15 season helped them to qualify and uh, he, then he went to uh, city. Yeah. Then yeah. the 15 okay. 16 season Wolfsburg played. Yeah that <laughs> game that Ronaldo hat I how who can how can you forget that and that was a turning point of Zidane's coaching career I would say.
1: What a game. Anyway, move let's move on. But I think just to end the talk about Bundesliga it was also a game of farewells for Bayern Munich. Uh, David Alaba, who's been a great servant for Bayern Munich for almost a decade. Uh, It was his last game. He's officially leaving Bayern Munich. Uh, Everyone probably knows he's mostly joining Real Madrid, but we don't know. Uh, It was also the last game for Jerome Boetang, who's been, again, one of the legends of the Bayern backline for many years. Multiple Champions League winner, obviously a German national, not, not right now, but was. Uh, World Cup winner and it was also a last game for uh, Douglas Costa who had a second term with Bayern uh, in the last couple of seasons. Uh, he's always been their backup wing- winger and always been prolific for them. So, three big players uh, leaving the club but we know Bayern will find will probably take a Dortmund player again next season to replace it. <laughs> no problem. They've already taken a Leipzig player. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not worried about Bayern But I really hope, uh, really hope there's a there's a challenge for Bayern next season. Uh, It'll be interesting Nagelsmann, who I still believe is not the right fit for Bayern Munich. Will have a challenging year because Bayern functions very differently as a big club, where winning is not enough. It's a lot of other back, you know, internal politics that go on in Bayern Munich that you know steers a lot of big managers away very soon. Uh, so that will be very interesting to watch I hope Dortmund retain some of their superstars to compete Leipzig will always be up there but obviously if there has to be a true challenger it is Dortmund
0: yeah just to add to the departures Lukas Piszczek uh, Dortmund legend he also played his last game for Dortmund so he also left the club so, so Bundesliga was all about uh, breaking records and saying goodbyes to players and uh, there was actually nothing much about that league because everything was decided during the last week itself So great, so we have covered all the five leagues. So that's it guys that the league season is done. But the season is not over. We still have two major finals to happen. Wednesday night, Indian time, we have the Europa League finals between Villarreal and Manchester United. And on Saturday night, we have the Champions League finals between Manchester City and Chelsea. So, let's just quickly review the united Villarreal game first. Ishan, fortunes changed. The favourite charts have changed a lot ever since after the semi-finals, fair to say?
1: Yeah, fair to say. uh, Villarreal had a great game against Real Madrid that would give them a lot of confidence, meaning they took it till the end. United, obviously, for the last couple of games have not been playing their full-strength squad. That's a good thing in a way that their main squad would be refreshed. But it might also be that they've lost that match focus. We never know. Uh, But United will still on paper be favourites just because of the squad they have, uh, the bench and the variety they can add, you know, switch and change up if things go awry. But we've discussed this over the last two podcasts. Villarreal under Emery. It's the uh, Unai Emery touch in a a Europa League final. Anything can happen. I am... I'm really looking forward to that game because it won't be boring, for sure. But for me, I would go out on a limb saying it'll be United lifting the trophy uh, again. I think they won it 2-3 years ago and when Mourinho was there. But I think United are favourites on paper.
0: I agree. I I agree. United are favourites on paper. So, if I have to put like definite numbers to it, uh, post the semi-finals, I was giving, let's say, 70-30, 70 United to 30 Villarreal. But if you ask me now, I would probably say 55-45. 55 United to 45 Villarreal. Because I was just going through Villarreal's number also, their team also. I mean, they don't have a dud team. They have Pau Torres, who is a, uh, a Spain starter, defender. Raul Albiol, a very experienced head. People must have remembered him from, I think, the Napoli days. Uh, they have uh, midfielder, they have Danny Parejo, who is a Valencia legend. I mean, people who follow La Liga know more about Danny Parejo. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure whether Kokalan is fit. Or, uh, they have Etienne Capo, who's a decent midfielder. Forward line, they have Gerard Moreno. Now, Gerard Moreno, guys, he has scored 23 goals in this season in La Liga.
1: He's a great, great, great player. Uh, very underrated. And he's finally getting his merit for the national team as well. And they have. I mean, I think you're going to say it, Carlos Baca. Yeah. Who's a, you know, who scores goals for fun when he's in the mood.
0: Yeah, and Carlos Baca is also a big game goal scorer. Like, he has that ability to raise raise his game in big games. So, again, all I'm saying is that why I increase Villarreal chances from 30 to 45. But I'm not saying Villarreal are favourites yet. United are still favourites. Even though they didn't have a great end to their season. Uh, understandably so that because they were playing with thinner squads uh, and back in the mind they know that they have nothing to play in the league so definitely those things must have impacted I'm pretty sure they're well prepared for the finals so it's going to be a great game looking forward to it so we both are going with Manchester United favourites but we're not completely ruling out Villarreal and we are saying that it's not going to be a walkover it's going to be a good game alright now coming to the big one or the bigger one the champions league between manchester walk over <laughs> dude to be very honest uh, just to remind you guys that i think after the semi finals happened i gave chelsea a chance remember ishan you were very surprised when i gave chelsea a chance yeah. at that point of time i had some justification but right now yesterday i genuinely spent about 15 20 minutes i thought so deep i argued counter argued myself to see whether I can give Chelsea some chance. I, I couldn't. Basically, Marla <laughs> The point is, the point is, I dug so deep to see if there is any way that I can hold on to my choice. I, I couldn't. I-, I literally
1: couldn't. I think the only chance Chelsea have is to take the match to penalties.
0: Yeah, that is the only chance. But there also I have a problem because Kante wasn't 100% fit. Now, it looked very, very minor. I think he must have felt a slight niggle. They didn't want to take a chance so they took him off immediately. So, he is key. I mean, I don't have to say how important Kante is to any team. Let's don't go there. Yeah. Eduardo Mendy, their champion goalkeeper this season was injured last game against uh, Asen Uh So, again, his injury is in, is in question. His fitness is in question. Again, as far as what I have read so far, it doesn't look serious, but again, there is something that will play on the back of the heads. Just by seeing Kepa on the goal in itself, <laughs> is 5% away from Chelsea. Take 10% away from
1: Chelsea. But now Chelsea. it's scripted. Now If Kepa is playing, then we know it's a penalty shooter because he has to be substituted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he won't come yeah. he'll be like no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> dude if that happens to Tuchel right I guarantee Tuchel will personally run to the goal and beat the shit out of Kepa drag him out of the village <laughs> but like, on a serious note
1: City if there ever was any doubt City have always are always on paper the stronger team but if you look at how they've played and how Chelsea have played over the last a month or so I give Chelsea a little or no chance. It if Chelsea win, it will be a miracle.
0: Yeah, it be a miracle. Or,
1: yeah. or Pep completely getting everything wrong. Like Foden in goal, would should be the goalkeeper, <laughs> De Bruyne and you know, Mare should play center back, <laughs> Laporte center forward. You know, those tactics if Pep does, which he's capable of, yeah. then probably Chelsea might take it to penalties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, see, I See, I, I honestly don't have any counter-argument to that. That's what I was trying to do. See, the only, the only, only chance, like tiny, miny, like this nano chance if I have to give Chelsea, that's because City had like kind of a bit of an emotional release over the weekend, whereas Chelsea ended the season with... I mean, they, they're still pissed. They are still hot. They are still, you know... Uh, they still want to finish the season on a high note. So, there is that anger or whatever you call it that there, that slight edge is where Chelsea has advantage over the million other factors that you would put uh, to compare two teams. But like you know, that's,
1: I agree with you. But the current scenario, they can't buy a goal. Yeah. Like, literally, they cannot buy a goal. The only way you put pressure on City is by scoring because then City go all out attack and we know that they have a very forward You know, back line which will push up front and then there are openings which you can exploit. But if you let City play the way City plays, which means you barely have the ball for 70 minutes, meaning it's not going to happen. Kante needs to probably have the best game of his life to impact this game. And that's going to be very tough because if Tuchel puts Jorginho, Foden will run all over him or around him and Kante will be just outmanned because there will be Foden, De Bruyne... Uh, it is too many for him to man, man. So, just tactically in terms of man for man, I find it very difficult for how City, uh, you know, Chelsea can contain this City side. But you know, Champion League final storylines are built for this. Werner might have his greatest game ever. He might,
0: yeah.
1: You might score. Pulisic could do it for America. Havertz could actually <laughs> tell <laughs> us that he plays a footballing position that we are that is actually written. Uh, known of. Uh, you never know what can happen. Thiago Silva can come from back from the dead, score a header. A lot of things can happen. That's why we watch football. It's a Champions League final. Anything can happen. But after a really long time, I'm seeing a pretty one-sided uh, Champions League final. I thought you know, PSG Bayern would be really one-sided but it wasn't. The result obviously showed otherwise. But it was pretty evenly fought out in the game. Uh, but this I do not see Chelsea having any chance it will be a miracle if they do win this. Game.
0: It is a miracle is the apt word if Chelsea wins this. I mean this is this is even a bigger miracle than Chelsea winning in 2012 against Bayern. Yeah. Because there at least they had someone like Drogba like people could have can could expect someone like Drogba to just raise above everyone else and, pro, and produce a moment of brilliance, which he did. I I don't even see that player in the Chelsea team right now. Exactly. Yes, Kanté is there. Kanté is a one-man army. But we have seen football for a very long time. You need that finisher. Again, I'm, I'm, we're not trying to be too negative for Chelsea fans. If you have to have, if you want to hang on to some level of a positive thread. I would hold on to Kante's fitness. Yeah. And nothing else. And
1: Eduardo Mendy.
0: Eduardo Mendy. Yeah. Those two are the best opportunity, best chance for Chelsea to get it to penalties. I'm not talking about winning. Get it to penalties at least. Yeah. All the best to all, all four teams, all four clubs, all four fans. Uh, remember, guys, it's okay even if you lose. This is not the end of the world. You have another finals within one year, so... And in three months, everything will.
1: Yeah, next year Madrid will be back in the Champions League finals. <laughs> yeah. <so it's> fine.
0: <laughs> and in two weeks, we'll have Euro starting over, so we'll be we'll we'll forget all our Manchester United and Liverpool connections and start fighting for Portuguese and Netherlands and Italy. So <laughs> everything yeah. will be forgotten. Just to round off this episode, we are going back to our quick headlines section. So we are going to talk about headlines about only one specific topic which is all the national squads have been announced or most of the national squads have been announced for the euros 2020 we are recording this on 25th may tuesday 11:30 am so as of now i think about seven eight teams have released their uh released their squad released their final squad for the tournament uh, there were a couple of surprise inclusions and a massive surprise exclusion. But let's talk about the surprise inclusion first. Happily surprised to see Karim Benzema back in the French squad. There is no one in the world other than Kareem Benzema and his immediate family was as happy as Ishan.
1: <laughs> it- it was definitely the moment of the week for me because it came out of the blue. I, uh, It came out of the blue. <laughs> but, you know, Karim Benzema, we've all known, is one of the best forwards in Europe, if not the world. And, you know, there were a lot of politics that, you know, in a, like banned him or, you know, prevented him from being part of the national squad. But I think, imagine, you know, what a sight it would be for other big teams in Europe. Hey, Deshaun is like, okay, I've decided to bury the hatchet and I'm just going to add the best centre forward in Europe into the best team in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And a forward line of Mbappe, Griezmann and Benzema, meaning if...
0: God, I like, I don't want to be the difference here. I really don't
1: want to be the difference. Just squad the squad France has. You know, the options they have. It's ridiculous. It will be a massive, massive failure if they don't win this Euros. Because without a doubt, there are, they are the strongest team, man for man, compared to any of the other big nations in the Euros. And you add Benzema to that fold, they were stronger without, without him. Now you add Benzema to that. And I mean, I'm personally so happy because Benzema is one of my all-time favorite players. Just because of who he is, what a professional he is, what he's done for Real Madrid over the years, he's made for that. He needs that big moment with his country as well, and he's ready for it. And I think he had a Le LeCoupe uh, interview yesterday, where you know the, the, he was asked, you know, what role would you expect? You know, so he said that you know, Desch- we are, he had a man-to-man conversation with Deshaun, They buried the hat- hatchet, and if there wasn't a role, Deshawn would wouldn't have picked him. So obviously, Deshawn has a plan. We saw all the big superstars of France excited that Benzema is coming back because who wouldn't be? Like, you know, Mbappe is not the kind of guy who will say, oh shit, Benzema is here. I'll probably lose my place in the squad. That's not going to happen. So it's only a a bonus for France. Uh, I think the next big highlight, and I think before you say it, outside this news, was the exclusion of any Real Madrid player in the Spanish squad. (laughs) When you look at the ground reality, I'm not surprised. I probably am very uh, upset about Nacho not being selected with the season he's had for for Real Madrid. Ramos with his injuries, I understand. But there was no other major Spanish player, probably Asensio, I guess. But no other major Spanish player that Madrid had uh, that could have been in the squad. So I'm not shocked. But I'm upset because it's a big, big news, right? Yeah. Real Madrid, no Real Madrid player in the Spain squad. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah. it was very su- surprising to see no Real Madrid players. But again, as you pointed out, my uh, only surprise was Nacho. Um, I, I couldn't put a very strong case for Asensio because Asensio was even starting games for even Real Madrid. Yeah. He wasn't even a regular starter for Real Madrid. So, it's not that he didn't have a bad season. He wasn't even a regular starter. The one player I thought... Uh, would would have been there was Lucas Vasquez but unfortunately he's injured I believe. Yeah. I think way, otherwise otherwise I think Vasquez would have been
1: there. He would be a shoe-in but he had a season-ending so that's why he's
0: out. Very bad injury. Otherwise Lucas Vasquez was surely would have been there but uh, as you said other than Nacho I wasn't really shocked that no other Spanish player made it. The only reason Nacho was because the other defenders that were picked were also not that great. I mean he picked Eric Garcia so, I I thought Nacho was better than Eric Gass. Yeah, I mean, I think so, the
1: uh, addition of uh, Laporte, I think, pegged Nacho's selection back. But I thought that would be uh, balanced with Ramos not coming in.
0: Who's going to be the captain? I uh, who's the... Busquets. Busquets. Hoga. He's the senior most member, right? I
1: mean, Busquets starting will be interesting. Meaning...
0: Busquets might start. See, uh, okay. Actually, uh, guys, we'll, we'll actually discuss this much deeper. We'll discuss about this much later on a Euro preview podcast. But just to round off this point for Spain's team, uh, in the midfield, I believe it will be uh, Busquets, Thiago, and uh, either... Um, Who's that Napoli midfielder? I keep forgetting his name. Ruiz. Fabian Ruiz. Uh-huh. it's either It'll be either Ruiz or I believe it could be Dani Olmo. So, uh, maybe Busquets won't start. Thiago might play that yeah. holding midfielder role. Or um, you could have Pedri. Pedri will probably play a little closer to the goal. Closer to attack. Either in the number 10 role or left of midfield. Yeah. Either of those two or... As a winger even. Because Ansu Fati is not there. He'll probably put Pedri out there.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about the Euro squad by squad in another separate podcast.
0: Another surprise inclusion. Well, actually not so surprised to be honest. Müller and Hummels are back in the Germany squad. As I said, not so surprised. The way Müller played over the last two seasons. I mean, yeah, he would have easily been in any of those top German squads. So, it wasn't a big surprise. Again, as Deshaun, um, Yogi Lo also buried his hatchet, he also put his ego outside. I mean, it is his last. It is his last uh, uh, last campaign as a German manager, anyway. So he doesn't care about the future of German football. So he's like, okay, I'll this is my best chance. He does care, but he doesn't care about he's, his future. So like probably his point is like, um, I'll just pick the best option. I mean, I have one last chance. Let's pick the best team and uh, give it a good chance. So. Uh, Logical choice, Uh, it wasn't uh, much surprise to see Muller and uh, Hummels back in the squad. So again, Germany has announced their squad, Belgium. England, who were supposed to announce their squad yesterday, uh, delayed their squad selection. I think it's getting announced today sometime. Uh, Other than that, no major surprise and uh, we will do a a Euro preview later. But to round off our our last season, league season episode guys, I mean, we still have a couple of more episodes uh, to talk about the Champions League Finals and the season uh, review and the Euro. Next week, in addition to doing the Champions League Finals review, which we'll finish off in like first 15 minutes, we'll do a proper full season review. So we are going to review the season across the five leagues, at least across three leagues, based on a series of factors. Factors such as best recruitment best quad recruitment uh, best transfers the top three transfers top three manager coaches top three center backs top three full backs midfielders forwards etc and etc now ishan will have his opinions i will have my opinions and choices we will discuss certain opinions in detail we'll discuss certain players certain coaches in detail because you know they deserve to be discussed But in addition to all this, we want you guys, we want you listeners to also be involved in this. By the end of this episode, I'll share a link in our description, a Google Doc link. Now, people who are lazy enough to go to the description and click on the link, we have our domain name, guys. (laughs) You can go to sportscharcha.com, as simple as that, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-H-A-R-C-H-A sportscharcha.com no space no hyphen nothing in between it will directly take you to the google form fill in your choices none of it is compulsory if you don't want to put top three you can put top two if you don't want to put top two you can just put one player one manager no problem for every answer we have given a short description box if any of you want to describe want to justify your opinions if anyone any of you wants to share an interesting insight that happened in this season uh, a funny insight or something wacky something very funny uh, please do share if we find it interesting funny like a lot of very insightful we will read it out in our next episode we'll be happy to do that uh, so so don't wait get down to sportssearcher.com immediately and uh, fill in and uh, we'll have a lot of fun next week i'm totally looking forward to next week it will be it will be a slightly longer episode we'll try to keep it as crisp as possible but it will be interesting we'll make sure it's it's fun all right guys that's about it for uh today we will see you all next week again all the best to villarreal manchester united manchester city chelsea brentford swansea to all your games all the best Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye.
1: Take care, guys. See you next week.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also, please, like we are literally begging, to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate sportscharcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye!